0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we have a crazy story of an entitled parent and their kid who used their entitlement to take a group from first place all the way to last. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, entitled family causes scene at graduation. My sister-in-law graduated medical school over the weekend. At the ceremony, a family sat behind us. They had a four-year-old girl who kept running back and forth kicking our seats playing with our coats and hair whining and coughing etc after about 40 minutes of this my father-in-law started throwing the parents dirty looks and finally asked the girl and her mom to stop kicking his chair that was all he asked the woman karen grabbed her child and said fine this is my husband's graduation but i guess i'll just have to miss it thanks a lot and then she took her kid and left The grandma, Karen Sr., stayed and was ticked. She said, ''Why don't you just deal with it? She's not feeling well.'' Our group ignored her. After the ceremony, the graduate husband came and found father-in-law and expressed his dissatisfaction at him making his wife leave, when again, no one asked her to leave. It ended up being a comically dramatic situation with Karen Sr. trying to shame us for not putting up with the kid. I very calmly asked the people, ''Why don't you just parent your child?'' They had no answer and stomped away. As a former teacher and someone who loves kids, I get that kids will be kids. But parents are responsible for teaching their kids how to act in public. It's not okay for a child to be all up in other people's personal spaces. I mean, the parents are kind of the kids themselves that just never really grew up. I mean, they're displaying the classic child behavior of all or nothing. You ask them to be a bit more polite, and they just go, Okay, fine, guess I gotta grab my ball and go home then, thanks a lot. Hey, if you're gonna careen out like that in public, that's probably doing us a favor anyways. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy these stories of entitled parents, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, Mom asks me to pay her debt caused by money loss in stock market. My mom is in serious debt because she borrowed money to invest in the stock market, which is actually almost 10 years ago. But her friend that lent her the money recently is in urgent need of this money, so my mom turned to me. She's asking me to give her $10,000 now, and says she'll sell her house and find a job to pay the rest. She's out of a job now. I have at most $30,000 to give her, but I know she needs $70,000 even after selling the house. And I don't believe her one bit that she'll work to make money, as she only loves risky investments in the past. Also, I think borrowing money to invest in stocks is just gambling, and afraid she'll ask for more once I give her some money. She doesn't want anyone else in the family to know about the debt either. I really don't want to give her any money to pay the debt, but my mom can be very extreme if I don't give her attention. She would say things like, I did the most for this family, but you all just hate me. No one will know even if I die on the street. I just worry she'll do something stupid to hurt herself, but she wouldn't go to the therapist either. Thanks for reading, and appreciate any suggestions. I mean, if it were me, I would be leaning towards not giving her any money, especially because somebody who's that far gone with taking money and investing it, I'm afraid that they would just turn around and, instead of using it to actually pay off any debts, they're going to take this money and be like, well, I can strike lightning this one time and that's all I need and just blow the rest of your money too. Our next story is my parents in their my house, my rules. Hello, I need experiences, opinions, and maybe advices. I'll try to make it short. It concerns my parents and my boyfriend. My boyfriend, 22, and I, 19, are together since five months ago. We live far apart from each other, one to two hours, but we see each other every weekend. It started from a few hours, one day a week, to every weekend saturday and sunday we've been together for five months only but everything is perfect he loves and respects me a lot nothing has been more perfect than being with him i know i've found happiness i already met his parents and i see them regularly when i go to his house they love me a lot i even text his mom occasionally he also met my parents but only once it went well and they liked him but now i'm not sure they do So I said that I see my boyfriend every week starting with a few hours to now every weekend sleeping at his place. Since more than a month ago, I spend the weekend with him and at his place for two reasons. We don't see each other that much, so we want to spend more time together. He lives in the countryside where it's peaceful. But my parents, especially my mom, don't like that I spend the weekend at his house. She told me a lot of things. You're only 19, you're acting like you can do whatever you want. Aren't you ashamed to bother his family every weekend? Thing is, his parents want me to sleep over at their house every weekend and they support the relationship with my boyfriend and spend more time together. If he leaves you, what will you do? You two were not married for you to sleep at his place. My house, my rules, exactly what she said. I even got threats by message from her telling me that once I come back to them, my parents, my life will only get bad and that I should put that on my mind. Never thought she would go that far, but I'm not surprised. I know my parents want me to sleep at home, where they know I'm safe, but we barely talk to each other when I come back, even way before I sleep at my boyfriend's house. So I don't see the point to come back home on Saturday if I see him again the next day. My dad is more cool with me. He doesn't get angry, but he doesn't listen to me too. He takes my mom's side. My mom has always been protective, and she restricts me a lot. Even to my sister when she was younger, I barely could go out with my friends and when I did, I had to give names and numbers to her. Never went partying or clubbing before last month as well. Sleepovers at my friend's houses she knew for years were also hard to get. and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I always ask her, but I get a no every time. Or she would say yes, but get passive aggressive. If I dared to decide or do things without telling her, she would get mad and angry at me. And since I have a boyfriend, I told myself that I should decide by myself and stop being my mom's dog. That's what I've been doing for a few months now, and I don't regret any decisions I made because I'm happier like that. We also might move out together next year, because his parents will sell the house, but they would eventually rent it for my boyfriend and I. Nothing sure yet, but it's most likely to happen. It'll be hard to talk about it to my parents. But this situation where my mom keeps controlling or whatever she does to me... I need to get rid of it any similar situations experiences or any advices please thank you for reading this i would say once you get to the point where you're an adult and you can make your own decisions and it sounds like they're especially getting to the point where they have their own independence they're gonna move out to find their own place you stop taking stock in people who want to control you and control your life And you should start kind of putting that wall up where if they're going to try to be controlling, overexerting themselves in this relationship, that you're just going to keep pulling back until there's an equilibrium and that may be almost no contact. If they can't support you or support the choices you make for yourself as an adult, I don't think it's worth the time or stress. It's not like they're trying to come to you with advice here. They're trying to control what you can or can't do. Our next story is, Mom complains about her father falling asleep after he takes care of her son. I read this in The Guardian today and couldn't quite believe the audacity of this mother. Excerpt below. Twice a week, when I'm at work, Dad watches Theo, my son, who's 11, and feeds our dog Betsy. A 12-year-old Labrador who still has a lot of energy, but Dad often falls asleep at mine. Theo says he doesn't like to wake up his grandpa, and he's pretty much old enough to look after himself. But if dad's offer to come and cook Theo's dinner and keep him company, then falls asleep on him, what's the point in coming? When I get home, I'll ask Theo, how long has he been sleeping? Often it's after he's made their dinner and done whatever else I've asked him to help with. After the chores, he's zonked. So this woman's 76-year-old dad comes over twice a week to look after her son, cook him dinner and do chores, all for free, and she has the audacity to complain that he falls asleep. Also, it's not like the child is a toddler, he's 11. If anything happens, he can wake his grandpa up or call for help. Some people. I mean, not all 11-year-olds are equal, but as long as there's pretty basic supervision going on, I feel like you can kind of trust that an 11-year-old will be able to make it through an afternoon by themselves. I mean, I'm willing to bet that this childcare is free, so really, how much can you complain? Especially on top of they're actually doing chores. I think I would be elated if I were in her position. Our next story is, I want to avoid being an entitled mother-in-law. Okay, so just found out my son and his girlfriend tied the knot at the courthouse beginning of November. I'm very happy for them both. She's a lovely person, and I like her a lot. They've been here visiting this weekend, we've discussed that they want to do something a little bigger with some family in about two to three years. I've offered to help with any planning in the location of the backyard. It's a decent size, although some work needs to get done. And I'm a pretty decent DIYer and crafter. Money is an issue for me and them. My new daughter tends to be a little quiet and introverted and has not always had the best interactions with the mother figures in her life. I want to make sure I don't push anything on her. Please, for everyone out there who's dealt with entitled moms, mother-in-laws, etc., especially in the wedding-slash-reception planning process, please tell me how to avoid becoming one of those. I mean I think as far as somebody who is a bit more quiet and introverted, I think honestly suggesting things, but focusing so much on having patience and hearing their opinions is the crucial thing. I tend to be a pretty quiet guy, I think I'm also not the most crafty person, so I think I would appreciate a lot of guidance or suggestions as far as what to do, it's just you don't want to be controlling or overbearing. I think you take your time. You ask them how they feel about things, especially what they like, what they don't like. I think you can find a lot of success and come across as a stellar mother-in-law. Our next story is, I feel trapped. I'm 17 year old female and my mother 50 year old female keeps pressuring me into bringing a guy home. I deeply refuse because she's always criticized everything about me. She's a weird person. She's called me a tramp because one day I came home later than usual, and she decided to believe that I was freaking with a guy. I was at school, but later she would ask me why I don't bring the boyfriend that she's totally convinced that I have home. Due to this, my attempts to date have always been horrible. Last time I dated a guy, he broke up with me because he couldn't meet my family and he didn't like that. Now I'm seeing another guy, but every time we go out, I have to lie to my mother and tell her I go to the gym or to my friends. My father knows and he's by my side, but my mother doesn't listen. Today I was with my brother, 8 year old male, and my mother. He said something about his girlfriend. And of course my mother went crazy, so I told him, I'm not allowed to have a boyfriend even though I'm 17. You'll have to wait. To which my mother said that that was a lie, that I was the one who was a freaking weirdo and couldn't get no one. I said that bringing a guy home wasn't necessary and by telling my parents about him was more than enough. This is where she snapped and told me that if I want to freak around and have hookups, I may as well move out because I'm old enough. I really don't know what to do. Why can't she be normal? I don't want my life wasted, I want to date. I want to fall in love and I want to have a normal relationship with a guy without being forced to make a plan and lie in order to get out of my house. I'm so sad. Honestly, I think you just need to break through that wall. If you're with somebody and you're committed to them, you should be able to tell him that your mom is weird, that they make it really uncomfortable, and you and your partner should be there for each other and be ready to face that. I would say go ahead and bring them home. Have that meeting. I would say don't even be afraid about saying that you want to go see your boyfriend. You want to go spend time with them. Especially when OP says that their father is backing them up. I feel like even if she escalates this and says, oh, well, you're sleeping around. Oh, you want to go be a tramp because you're committed to one guy that you want to see regularly. I'm going to kick you out of my house, blah, blah, blah. I'm willing to bet that doesn't happen because of the father. And I think the more you normalize your dating behavior and being with people, the sooner you're going to at least increase your chances of maybe them coming around to it, especially if they end up liking the guy. This next story is frustrated with my mom. I'm 24 and have a Bachelor of Arts in psychology and years of experience working in mental health facilities. I'm also on route to earn my associates as a speech-language pathologist assistant. I am very close to being done and being in a good-paying career. But she unexpectedly told me today that I make poor financial decisions. I believe she said this because this week they informed my facility that I work in they would be closing. It was either we go to another bigger facility with no pay increase or get laid off. They gave us a two-day notice and with them not being interested in increasing our pay, I involuntarily resigned. I explained to her that I may need assistance until I start my new job. I don't think I will, but I took a huge dip into my emergency savings account a month ago. My dog got sick and we found out he has cancer, so the vet bills were hefty. She's even mocked me saying, let's hope your dog doesn't die soon because you don't have a job to pay for his cremation. I have savings, but not as much as she wants it to be. I already got an offer for a higher paying job, but you know how background checks can take a while. Unfortunately, most careers with a BA in psychology don't pay enough to live on my own, hence why she says I'm not trying hard enough, as I could be doing any job that pays $30 or more, but I don't want to be miserable doing something I don't like. Like, I get where she's coming from, but I don't want to do that to my life. Am I in the wrong? She's a very hard-headed lady. She immigrated almost 30 years ago, so I can see why she has high expectations for me, as I'm her oldest. I told her I am trying, but she says I'm not because I still live with her. I am frustrated and upset because it's all been a lot this week, and I can't explain to this all to her without bursting into tears. I would tell her legitimately how you feel. If she's not going to understand your feelings, show any amount of care for how she's making you feel. If you feel like you may be subconsciously trying to seek some kind of validation or whatnot, it might be time to start pulling back a bit. If they hear you out and show some remorse, that would be great. But at the end of the day, you're just trying to be you do what you like in life and they're just giving you grief over all of it. I don't have a great gut feeling about her showing any remorse though when you consider the things she said about OP's dog. This next story is ER visits and Disney trips don't grow on trees. Let's travel back to the year 1995. The glove didn't fit so the jury acquitted the most obvious murderer in the history of murder. The 49ers took the Chargers down in the Super Bowl, 49-26. was dominating the top 40 and america tried to pick up the pieces after suffering a horrific tragedy in the oklahoma city bombing in the summer of 95 i was four years old and i was visiting disney world with my family it was here in orlando florida that another less significant sad story took place and a young op saw her first glimpse of the truth about her egg and sperm donors they're a bit freaked up And believe me, this story is only child's play compared to what they're capable of. Inside the Tiny Toons Market on Main Street, USA, we got two coffees for them and a milk for me, and we were standing in line for the checkout when suddenly I changed my mind. My dad told me to go exchange the milk for what I wanted, so I made my way back to the beverage fridges. I had just about made it when I heard my mom screech my name and scream at me to hurry up because it was almost our turn at the queue. Being four, I took the advice to heart and started running back up the snack aisle toward my destination. Smack! I fell on the slippery floor face first. I pushed myself up and felt a slight pain in my hand. Fun fact about the 90s, most juices, OJ especially, used to come in glass bottles instead of the safe, less shiny ones seen today. When I stood up, there was blood. Like a lot. Oh and a nifty big butt shard of glass stuck right through my left hand. And I mean big like it extended at least 2-3 to inches on either side. What did my dad say when he came to my aid? Something along the lines of, crap OP look what a mess you've made. And now we have to buy the wasted OJ too. Hmm, Not great but it could be worse. He really fought the clerk about paying for the OJ. What did my mom say when she ran to my aid? well first of all she never ran anywhere she stayed in line demanding that the people behind her keep waiting for her to make a breakfast sandwich selection second after buying her coffee and making her way over to me she said dang it op do you have any idea how much money i spent on these tickets i might as well flush them down the drain because thanks to you we all get to spend the day at the er instead yeah that's worse what's even worse still My dad and grandfather ended up taking me to, and waiting with me at, the ER all day. While my mom opted to generously stay at the park and take my cousins on the rides. She's super thoughtful like that. Again, I was only four when this all went down. And even though I actually do remember a lot of it, I can't be expected to remember the fine details. Thankfully, I have my awesome, hilarious older cousin C, an eyewitness, to help fill in the gaps of the story. We hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I think a nightmare scenario is telling a four-year-old in any kind of public-facing situation, hurry, come on, get over here. I feel like you're almost guaranteeing like a 50-50% chance that that kid is going to take a tumble. This is also the kind of memory where like you're laying in bed and you just have a random flashback and you just think about how callous your mom was about the whole thing. Nothing like a little reflecting on a childhood memory to bring up the stress levels when you're trying to shut your eyes. Our next story is, why can't my parents do the basics? I'm a 14-year-old girl, and I've been going through a lot in my life, but today my anger is getting worse. My mother, 50 years old, woman, and my stepfather, 47 years old, man, have been complaining to me about everything. I have a twin sister, who she acts like a young Karen, I would say, She's the kind of person that if you complain about her in front of her, she'll play the victim and she also doesn't give anyone the slightest bit of privacy. I was quiet in my room talking to my half brother. My sister comes in and I rudely weigh her out because it's not the first time she's done this and I was in a serious matter between me and my half brother. We were venting to each other. Suddenly I get a notification from my mom saying, why can't your sister join the conversation? I tell her to be quiet stop excluding your sister. I took a deep breath and replied that the problem wasn't that she didn't talk but that she listened. So my sister left the room after I insisted so much. It doesn't even pass 5 minutes, she comes back to my room doing the same thing and complaining. Only now she starts sending stupid things on my whatsapp and I ask her to stop but she doesn't stop. I get angry again and ask her to leave but she starts correcting my speech and doesn't leave. So I curse her and push her out of the room. Suddenly, I hear a small repeated knock on my door. At this moment, I need to let you know that I am autistic level one support. I have a high hearing sensitivity and sometimes some repetitive sounds bother me, such as knocks on the door, chalk on the board, noises of pens with brush tips passing on the paper, some more. I open the door, it's my sister, Minnie Karen, banging on wood who holds the door with a sad face. I get ticked off and go to my mom to complain, so it happens this. Mom says, I'm going to talk to your sister. I say, okay. Come into her room, me, my sister's Karen, my mother and my stepfather. I'll name him Rui for how long? Rui says, every day I can't take it anymore. My mother is already in the hospital almost dying, I'm already tired. You don't have sympathy with us, don't you? Mom says, Every weekend you guys are fighting. We're in trouble enough, y'all are just getting worse. Ruby added, Next tantrum, I'm going to sleep in the freaking hospital with my mom, because at least there I have peace. I haven't slept in three days. They lecture upon sermon, especially on me. The conversation ends, I go to my room and I just want to punch everything. My sister's face or something else every day they complain that i talk badly about my sister and i don't trust them and i don't tell them anything but because i wouldn't tell things to someone who ruined all my trust in her thinks i don't deserve privacy always complains about me when my sister does something wrong and i get the blame in the situation for complaining about her they complain about my own sister to me all the time but i can't complain about her then it gets difficult Some advice I saw that is really good for this situation, I feel, is the idea that you prove that you're not doing the things they say you're doing. So when things get loud or there might be some slight arguing going on, what OP should do? Just go silent, relocate to somewhere nearer to their parents, ideally where they might be able to see OP, and you just keep doing your stuff silently and let them physically see and try to call you out for being noisy when you're literally not doing anything. In general though, if the sister's wanting to throw a fit and be loud, it probably would be for the best that you kind of learn to gray rock them, where you just don't respond, you just go blank. You kind of sit there silently, expressionless, let them go off, don't give them any fuel and just let them keep on going. Our next story is, entitled mom and kid make us go from first place to last. So this is from a long time ago when I was in second grade but it's probably the most vivid memories I have from that age. Background: I went to a very small private school that didn't even have real teachers, let alone no staff for extracurriculars. My second grade class had more kids than any other grade while I went to the school. We had almost 15 kids in the grade, which meant that was enough for an extracurricular. We made a DI group. DI is Destination Imagination. It's a program that has a gathering for schools to compete in challenges, testing things like creativity and working together. Entitled Kid's mother, Entitled Mother, volunteered to TEACH our Destination Imagination class. Her concept of teaching was, My kid is perfect, everyone pay attention to her. DI was meant to be student run, so it was meant to be more of a supervisory position. Entitled Kid constantly told us she was in charge of the group, because her mom was the chaperone. So for that year's competition, we had to create and perform a skit. If it hadn't been for Entitled Kid being out sick for a couple days, we wouldn't have been able to do it. She needed all the attention all the time and constant praise. Thankfully, we wrote everything while she was gone and we were able to communicate as a group. When she came back, she demanded she be the star. Her mother reassigned the person cast for the main role and gave it to Entitled Kid. But then she thought this other role was more fun. She didn't want to switch, she wanted to play both roles. We finally convinced her she couldn't play simultaneous roles, as it's not humanly possible. So she just chooses which one she wanted and switched for the other one. And not only did she demand who she played, she wanted to tell everyone else who we were playing. Again, we already cast the skit. Entitled Mother tried to convince us to change the roles we already had and were happy with and had practiced. We just ignored Entitled Mother at that point. We go to the competition, excited as could be. Even Entitled Kid's constant demand for attention wasn't getting to us. We watched some of the other skits, waiting for hours. Entitled Kid liked some of the other skits and tried to change ours by adding lines from the others. We told her it was too late to make changes and the judges watched the same skits we did. They would know we just took lines from what they already saw. She was mad but we performed well. In fact, we found out we were in first place. We were the youngest group there and everyone was excited. There was only the second competition left and it wasn't worth as many points. We thought for sure we would do well in the end because it was almost impossible to fail after doing so well in the main competition. Unlike the skit, we didn't know what the second challenge was until we got into the room. Entitled Mother wasn't there, as it was only the group being tested and the judges in the room. We walked in and there was a large, solid, stationary ball on the floor, surrounded by things like rubber bands, a pencil, a paper clip, toothpicks, some string, etc. We were told we had 5 minutes to build a structure on top of the ball. The goal was to make it as high as possible. So, knowing working together was one of the things the overall competition was about, we knew it wasn't about how high we built, it was about how well we worked together. I don't think they were trying to be obvious about that, but it was pretty clear. In true Entitled Kid fashion, she immediately told us she was in charge. We explained no one was in charge and this was about us cooperating. We don't have any leader, we're working as a group entitled kid was not okay with that she threw a tantrum and yelled until we said fine we tried doing what we normally did let her think she was in charge and just work together without her but entitled kid wouldn't let anyone else touch any of the objects she was the only one who could touch them people tried giving her ideas of how to use them most of the ideas she either didn't understand or was unable to balance herself so she deemed them stupid. She actually insulted everyone who had an idea. We reminded her we were being judged on working together, so she's really hurting our score by acting like this. She kept getting more aggravated because time was running out and we had built nothing. The shocked judges told us time was up. We had built exactly nothing, which we could have still done well with if we'd actually worked together and communicated well. We tried explaining that to Entitled Kid, but she ran to her mom, her face red with anger, and yelled that we failed because everyone else was mean to me and wouldn't listen even though I'm in charge. We pointed out that no, she wasn't. This whole thing is about working as equals in a student-led group. Entitled Kid immediately said since her mom was the chaperone, that meant she was in charge. Entitled mother agreed and told us we were awful for challenging Entitled Kid's rule during the competition. She just kept reassuring Entitled Kid she was perfect and in charge of the world and everyone else is to blame and that we ruined her chances of winning. Entitled Mother reminded us that if not for Entitled Kid, we wouldn't have a skit. We had it in spite of her and that if we were better listeners, Entitled Kid would have led us to greatness. None of us were shocked when we didn't do well. We found out at the end that while we had done the best in the skit round, we had bombed the second round so badly... It took us out of the running entirely. At the end, we were explicitly told the second competition wasn't actually testing how high the tower was, but how well the groups worked together. That's why some of the top scoring groups hadn't built the highest towers. In response, Entitled Kid told us that we would have built the highest tower if we'd listened to her. We tried, and that we would have won the whole thing if we let her do it all. We pointed out they had just said it wasn't about the tower, but about us working together as equals. Entitled Mother disagreed. She believed the judges would have changed the entire meaning of the organization and their mission statement had they seen the perfect tower her daughter would have created had we idiots not gotten her way. The rest of the year, Entitled Kid kept telling everyone how she did so well in spite of us, and how we failed and how she would have won without us. When our teacher talked to us about doing this again next year, we asked who would be the adult in charge. Our confused teacher said it would be Entitled Mother again, unless someone else's parent volunteered. We knew that wouldn't happen, and that Entitled Kid would for sure join if Entitled Mother was in charge. As much as we liked it, as good as we were at it, it wasn't worth it if those tyrants were involved. I almost can't blame Entitled Kid for being so awful when she was raised like this. What's crazier, she had a little sister who Entitled Mother did not treat like this. Entitled Kid had a sleepover party with all the girls in our grade, and when we got there, we found out it was her sister's birthday. Her sister wasn't allowed to have a party because it would be too many kids. Entitled Kid got gifts for her sister's birthday, but that wasn't good enough. She was mad her little sister got anything at all. She demanded her sister give her all her birthday gifts. When she didn't, Entitled Kid destroyed all of them. Entitled Mother did nothing. After sleeping over at my house once, my parents told me I wasn't allowed to invite her over again. Last I heard, she was completely insane and faking a pregnancy for attention. This is just sad to see because, you can tell, that parent literally ruined that kid. I mean, I feel bad for her. She grew up to be so misaligned because of the way she was raised. I mean how can you fault the kid for growing up and having issues when all their life they were told, you're excellent, you're doing the world a favor by being around, everything you do is A plus 100% and anybody else is an absolute fool if they think not. You're never going to grow up to be well adjusted like that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story